We're going to finish up today this little series that we've been doing here in the month of, of August that we've called Make It Stick. The heart of Hebrews is written to believers like you and I, and the encouragement, the warnings, the challenge has been don't drift, don't fall away. Don't turn away. Don't turn to the left or to the right. Continue on. Persevere. Even as persecution comes, don't shrink back. Move on. Push on into Jesus because that brings great reward. So what we've been talking about this month is, so how do we do that? How do we become fully devoted followers of Jesus. And so we've really just been taking kind of our pathway of discipleship that we talk a lot about here and talking about how does that work. So the first piece is engaging with God. It all starts, first of all, in relationship because Christianity at its heart is not a religion. It is a personal relationship with Jesus. You go back to the garden. We were made to have relationship with our God. It was broken because of our sin. Jesus came to die to take care of our sin so that we could have relationship, personal relationship with him. And it starts by putting our faith and trust in him, inviting him into our life to be our savior. Then once we know him, how do we grow? How do we continue to engage? Well, that's through meeting him in his word, reading, studying, meditating on his word, and through prayer, talking to him, telling him about things that are going on in our life. From there, we talked about the importance then of connecting with others because really, this is where discipleship takes place. It's in community because it's in community that we learn from others. How do you live this out? How do you become a follower of Jesus? We watch and and we learn from one another, but it's also that place where we get to serve others. As we talked about on that Sunday, uh, no one will ever become a fully devoted follower of Christ without serving others. That was the heart of Jesus. And so what He's given us this community in which to serve each other. Then last week, we talked about the importance of living on mission. That every single one of us has been given this great commission to go make disciples. And so it is upon us to strategically show Jesus in our life by the way that we live And then to share Jesus with our lips because God has put every one of us into people's lives who, by the way, he loves, he died for, that don't know him. And he's called us to live Jesus because it matters. There's an entire future here of eternity where we get to be with him. Now, today we're going to talk about this idea of multiply. Honestly, is really a part of living on mission, but I wanted to unpack it a little bit more because I think we miss this part. The passage I want to read real quickly is actually the one we started with four weeks ago. It's Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. It is the Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. As you begin to break this thing down, obviously this idea of discipleship, going and making disciples, starts with the idea of go and make. 
But here's the problem. What I have sensed specifically within the culture of Christianity in America is that we somehow have perceived that there's a difference between what we would call evangelism and separately what we would call discipleship. And it's almost like they're two different things. If I can remember hearing a pastor once who basically said, hey, if there's two parts to the Great Commission, we're kind of good at the first, which is evangelizing, and we're really not good at the second part, which is discipleship, was kind of what he was saying. And the more I thought about that, the more I thought, no, that, that's a misunderstanding. There are not two commands here, there are one, make disciples. To make disciples, the first part is that we got to go make, we got to go live Jesus, we got to go share Jesus. And then once we make them, we've got to help them grow in their relationship. But the reality is that it's really two sides of the same coin. You can't have one without the other. There is only one mission, and that is to make disciples. So going and making, thinking about that person, living intentionally is part of the process, but it's not the whole what we find is that the second part is just as important. I think for everybody who's a parent here, you kind of understand this. Parenthood doesn't start with just making the baby and getting them in this world, right? In fact, in some ways, when they come out, the journey has just begun, correct? And uh, as you get to our stage of life and they are older and producing their own, you realize that that journey continues. And that's the idea. Discipleship is what we are called to do. And so it starts with the go and make, but it continues into the baptize and teach. Go, therefore, make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded. It's all the same command. It's what we are called to do. And that's what we're going to experience today in, in going and watching the baptism is that when people come to faith in Christ, when they come to put their trust in him, they're born in their family. Now our job is, is to help them begin to follow Christ. And the number one piece is that they're baptized because we all know baptism has nothing Nothing, can I say it one more time? Nothing to do with salvation. Salvation is by faith in Christ. It is about a relationship with him. Baptism is about following Christ. It's about obedience. Because Jesus knew that when we came to faith in him and we were part of his family, that all of that takes place on the inside. So his first command now is once you come to be part of his family, once you come to have relationship with him, you follow him in baptism. You identify as one of his children. You identify as a follower of his. It's that first step. And I would argue that you will never become a fully devoted follower of Christ until you follow him in believer's baptism. Because it is... How, how do you walk in disobedience to this and yet follow him? You can't. It's an oxymoron. If you're going to follow him, we do what he says. And that first piece is baptism. 
And so once we lead them to be baptized, now what we're called is to teach them. Of course, the question is, what are we to teach them? He says, all that I've commanded you, right? This is not rocket science. So if I could break it down, maybe you've heard this before. What do we teach them? Well, the first thing we teach them is how to engage with God. Right? They know him, so they got that part. In fact, I would even argue that when you think about discipleship, not as a separate, here's evangelism, here's discipleship, it's all the piece of making disciples that so often in our, what we call evangelism, what we're really doing is discipling people to Jesus because we're having spiritual conversations. We're teaching them about who Jesus is and what he did, what he's done in our life. And it's in that process of sharing with them Jesus that they come to put their faith in him. And now we just continue to teach them. Okay, so now you follow him in baptism. Now here's how you grow in your relationship with him. You spend time reading, his, reading the Bible. You spend time in prayer. Did any of you get a chance to listen to uh, this week's episode of the Now Life, that podcast? All right, a few of you. If you haven't downloaded that, you need... You, we got two podcasts here. I think they're both incredible. One's the Stories Collective. You will be encouraged. I tell you, every week, it just blessed incredibly by those stories. But the other is the Now Life. So the Now Life this week was uh, Sean, who is the host, had on there two guys. One who was kind of his spiritual mentor, his uh, former brother-in-law, Mark, and then one who now he has discipled into, Tyler. It was a great, great discussion. But it was so cool when Mark was talking about his journey, he came to faith in Christ. He says, yeah, so I had this guy kind of took me under his wing, and guess what he taught me? He taught me how to read and study the Bible. And he taught me how to pray. Guess what the guy was doing? He was doing Matthew 28. He was a disciple, new believer. It's what we teach him. We teach him to engage with God. We teach them then to connect with others, that they need to get in relationship with other believers. We invite them to church. We invite them into community. We help them find those circles where there's going to be other Christians around them whom they can learn from. And then thirdly, we teach them to live on mission. We remind them that they too now are called to this incredible task. And that is to go make disciples. Because that's what disciples do. We follow our leader. And this is exactly what Jesus did. And so we we showed them, we modeled them what it means to live Jesus and to share Jesus. And here's the thing, folks, that so often I think we forget. That when... Jesus left and put this in in the hands of those 11 guys. It was his plan to go make disciples that was going to change the world. And what we often forget is discipleship is a matter of multiplication. We are producing other followers of Jesus, other disciples. You see, when you only focus on evangelism, really all you're dealing with is addition. And again, it's not bad. It's, it's a good thing. But you're adding, right? So this person gets saved, they're added. Somebody else gets saved, they're added. In Acts chapter 2, Peter's preaching. So then there were those who received his word. They had faith. They they accepted Christ. They were baptized. And that day there were added about 3,000 souls. Now, you may be new to all of this, but that is a good day in ministry. (laughs) 
fact, I've thought, if I ever preach 3,000 get saved, I might retire, right? How can it ever get better than that? There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not what we're called to do. In fact, when you think about how the church exploded in that Roman Empire, it wasn't because 3,000 got saved one day and 5,000 got saved another. You know why it exploded? Because of Acts chapter 8, that those who had knew Jesus when the persecution came, they had been discipled, and when persecution came and they ran, it says they went everywhere preaching the word. They're just living on mission. And then they're discipling. And that's what discipleship is. Discipleship is multiplication. It's not just adding. It's we're making other disciples of Christ who are now living on mission, who are making disciples, who are what? Living on mission, who make other disciples. And this is the multiplication piece. This is the heart of 2 Timothy 2.2. And if you look at this, there's actually four generations here. The things Paul says, you have heard of me. He's talking to Timothy. So you have Paul, who's teaching Timothy and other witnesses there. He says, so that's two generations. Entrust to faithful men, that's a third generation who will be able to teach others also. Do you see the multiplication? One turns into two, two into four. I'll never forget when I was early in my Christian life and this idea of addition versus multiplication in the plan of God was fascinating to me. Because I was wondering, my dad was a gifted evangelist. Sean, Pastor Sean, he's a gifted, I mean, when I say gifted, God has given him kind of this unique gift, right? That's, I didn't get it. It's worked for me. I wish I had. My dad, I, I, it was funny because, you know, I would preach and preach. I, I'd preach the gospel and and then I had my dad come up and preach, and all of a sudden, 20 people get saved, right? And it's like, what, what just happened here, right? It, it was a gifting thing. I wish I could be. But let's suppose there was somebody who was a gifted evangelist, so gifted, that it's just God used them like every time they spoke. And so they went out and literally every day led somebody to Jesus. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be impressive? And you think at the end of the year, it's 365 new folks who are part of Jesus. But let's suppose that most of us aren't that person. I know I'm not. But we do what God's called us to do, which is make disciples. So we live Jesus, we share Jesus, somebody comes to know him, and now we help them get baptized, we teach them to observe, right? And we take a whole year... And just help them grow to the point of them seeing their need to go live on mission. You know, at the end of a year, it's not all that impressive. This guy, man, looks like he's setting the world on fire. 365 people have come to faith in Christ. And it's just me and this one. Next year, he goes and leads another 365 to the Lord. And now it's just me and this guy. But we're trying to live on mission. And so we live Jesus and somebody gets saved, we both have one and then we both invest making them disciples. And again, the end of the second year, you're losing ground. It's 730 to four. But if you've ever done the math, someplace around year 12, it kind of evens out. Both very impressive numbers, by the way, wouldn't you think? 4,000, you'd be responsible for. Coming to faith in Christ is just on the discipleship part 
It's not just that they've come to faith in Christ, but now they're living on mission. Do you see what happens in year 13, 14, 15, and 16? Do you see the difference between adding and multiplication? Jesus said, go make disciples. By the way, how many, I, I should have looked and I didn't, but how many people are there on the earth right now? Do, uh, what, about 8 billion? Yeah, follow it out. Year 33, 8.5 billion. Year 33, go make disciples of all the nations. Do you see the difference between simply adding and the idea of making disciples and multiplying? This is God's plan. So the question comes to us, and I've got to finish here. It's just simply this. A, where are you in the process? Have you come to faith in Christ? If you haven't, when we're done here, there's going to be some people under that little banner over there that says prayer. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, we'd love to tell you. There'll be folks that are there, how you can know that in your life today. And then for those of us that know him, A, are, are we spending time in his word? Are we growing? Are we connecting with others? Lots of places to connect here. You can go to connect.dscchurch.com. Where are we serving others? Where are we using our gift? Serve.dscchurch.com. Are we living on mission? I don't know what to share. Great, we got something for you. Events.dscchurch.com. Evangelist. Where are we in the process? Who are we investing in? Who are we living Jesus in front of? And when they come to faith in Christ, now we are making sure that they're being baptized and we're teaching them to observe all that I've commanded, how to engage with God, how to connect with others, and how to live on mission. This is what we're called to do. Folk, I believe, you know, last week we talked that the idea of living on mission is rooted in this two-world view really thinking about maybe uh, talking about this in, in once we get done with Hebrews coming up a little bit. But man, when you look at what the, Jesus told us and the prophets told us about how this world is coming to an end and how the kingdom of Jesus is going to be established, man, I think we're getting close. You and I have been given the privilege to carry the torch in this generation. And he's called us to make disciples. Mm-hmm.